Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Wednesday morning. We are so glad you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are the ones to watch this weekend. You need to head over there. Treat yourself to a... You know, by the way, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen? What the high is on Friday? It's it's not high. It's sixty five. Yeah, I, I, my my wife showed it to me, and I, I can't I couldn't remember. I think she showed me the low though. I think the low was in the forties. It's in the forties. Yeah, that's Haydad weather, brother. The, a, a sunny day in the sixties is Brian Haydad's, you know, Elysian Fields. I'll just, just get, I, I might frolic through a meadow at that at that weather. So, but that's also a great weather to drink a piping hot coffee. From Strange Brew Coffee House, which I know Joel Coleman will do. Will you join him there is the question. That is the question. So I would suggest doing it. Get yourself a little boost before you head over to Davis Wade Stadium. I want to thank uh, College Corner, who this weekend, if you're putting together a, a, a watch party, you still got time to head over to one of their two locations in the Jackson area and really put yourself out there and make yourself decked out in maroon and white with plates, platters, all the tailgating supplies, big flag to put on the front door. They've got it all right there. And, of course, Maroon and white logo wear the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in central Mississippi. Ridgeland, there by Fleet Feet. Flowwood, there by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Advantage Business System says right now is the time for your business to be working for you, not you working for your business. If you need to upgrade the technology in your office, you need to get things working a little bit more efficiently, they have some solutions to pass on to you. And they've got 45 years of experience doing it here in this state. So please give them a call. Check them out today and find out how they can help you. 844-833-6245 or visit them online at ABSMS.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. All right, so a little uh, a little programming update here. We're going to have uh, – I, I got my interview done with Casey Smith of Barstool Sports, but we weren't going to put that in the show. I think it's just a little fun interview. It's, 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 it's like 17 minutes long too, so – what we'll do is I'll just have that as a, a TNL exclusive uh, down below uh, this show on the on the timeline today. Same feed, guys. Same feed. Same feed. Nothing don't have to changes. go anywhere else. You don't have just, to go anywhere. It's, it's like two podcasts. Just calm down. It's like Everybody two, just calm two. down. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Brian didn't invite me to talk. He wanted her all to himself. So I'm not on it. So Joel, for those that are Joel T fans. Joel, you're just too nice. Okay. I was trying to make fun of Brandon Walker, and you would have been like, no, Brian, he's... So you were, like, fulfilling scripture here. You didn't want to cause me to sin and yeah, have to make fun of someone. Okay. Basically. I was not lead, I, I would not lead you into temptation. See? What a guy. Yeah. So, plus, that microphone doesn't work when we do phone calls for whatever reason. <laughs> that's, so that's, 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 the that's the main reason I didn't do it. Um, but that interview is open and available to you on... Uh, on, on the uh, wherever you're getting the pod, this podcast right now, just scroll down one, and you'll find my interview with Casey Smith. Not only did we talk about Brandon Walker, we talked about this weekend uh, in Mississippi State versus Texas A&M. Her thoughts on that. She watches a, as much college football as anybody in the country, so she's got some 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 good thoughts there. Uh, that said, for the, today's show, you know what it is. Let's move on into the rumblings. Brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. You're a little too late this week, I think, to get yourself a strip loin or a ribeye or a whole tenderloin cooked up. But hey. It doesn't mean you can't stop by the food truck on your way to the stadium and pick up a burger, a steak taco, a steak sandwich, something like that. And, of course, if you're just in town the weekend and you're not looking to cook, just drop in and buy yourself a couple of steaks. Cook them up yourself, some burgers. Or, you know, like I said, it's going to be cold this weekend. Now's the time for a beef, a beef stew, a, a pot roast, uh, you know, some chili. Everything you're looking to cook, everything you want to put on the grill, put in the Dutch oven, wherever it's wanting to go, you can do that at Welcome Home Beef. So do it today. Call them at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at facebook.com slash welcomehomebeef. Whether they're cooking it, whether you're cooking it, one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. Boom. 
Let's get into the rumblings. If you're angry and you, you know, know it, tweet at us. All right, here we go. Brooks White starts us off today. He said he couldn't wait till the rumbling, so he got the first one. Well, y'all are two weeks from your last episode since last week's got eaten by the computer. That's right. It's, it's recording fine right now. Uh, here's a fun fact. Including turnover on downs, we have 18 turnovers through three games. Oh, my gosh. I didn't, uh, Turnover on downs is like the stat that nobody talks about. Yeah. It is a turnover. Yeah. Why is it not? Why is I don't it, know. Why it, is it not? The word a, turnover is, is in, in the name. You know, I mean, nobody, but nobody, you could give the ball away on fourth down ten times, but if you don't throw a pick or a fumble, they say you have no turnovers. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, 14 of those are in the last two games. So seven turnovers per game. Yeah. Two of those were the crucial turnover and downs in the Arkansas game. Has there ever been a stretch that bad? I can't imagine that there is. Obviously, I don't have access to all of that, but Joel, I looked up the record for interceptions in a season. As far as I can tell, is Kevin Fant, 2003, he threw 21 picks. If you leave Costello out there for 10 games, he's going to crush that at this rate. Yeah, yeah, because he's on pace for what? He's on pace for 30. 30, yeah. Can you imagine? Can that's a that's an unfathomable number. Which again, if you're throwing for six hundred twenty three yards a game, it's okay. I gotta know something. But he's not going to throw for six hundred twenty three yards every game, as we have seen the last two weeks. So you cannot do that. I, I gotta know. Little. Only four quarterbacks have ever thrown thirty interceptions in a season in college football history. No, no, in the NFL. Oh, in the NFL. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to see the NFL, the sixteen game season. Uh, obviously, Jameis Winston did it uh, just a season ago. He was a 30-30 player. Uh, who else is on the You're list? now going to make me go do research after this show. I'm not going to do it now because it would take forever. But yeah. Mike Leach quarterbacks, who has thrown the most? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that question. I'm trying to see if there's any uh, – now we're into the ad blocker part. Because the, the Mike Leach – Testaverde was on there, I don't know who else is on The there. Mike Leach comparison is a better comparison because you're, all of his quarterbacks are throwing the ball 65 right. times a game. right. Yeah, I mean, I know he's had some, he's had a couple guys go twenty, I think, but I mean, I mean that's KJ's halfway there in three games. Oof. Oof. Brooks White, that is a that's a tough way to start the rumblings. You're not getting question of the day, but man, you're making us think over here. Uh, let's see here, uh, Justin Strawn, who our thoughts go out to. I don't know if you. I'm keeping up with his the saga of his knee. Evidently, his insurance company has given him a bunch of grief. About the knee. As insurance companies can do. As, as, as they are want to do. So hopefully all that gets squared away and he can have the surgery. I will, I will at better. least take some solace if the Braves end up screwing this NLCS mm-hmm. somehow and the Dodgers win. I will take solace that our friend here, Justin Strong, gets some joy out of it. No, no. No, we're not going to have that. I'm not happy for the Dodgers. feel better. I'm happy for Justin. I'm not happy for that. that that's not acceptable. That's not an acceptable outcome. All right, his knee getting healed up and he's feeling better, great. I would rather his knee heal up. The Dodgers went, no, absolutely not. I would rather his knee heal up as he watches the Braves play in the World Series. Yeah, that's better. I'm just saying if I have to. Very good. Yeah. What's the most frustrating part of the two losses so far is the fact that the Bulldogs have done, is the fact that almost everything the Bulldogs have done wrong so far has been self-inflicted or the fact that the offensive line can't block a three-man rush. Those just sort of go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, a little bit. The whole five can't block three thing, it remains baffling to me. And I think yeah. it is the root issue of the entire problem. I wonder if we'll talk to problem. Mason Miller this week. Probably not. No, probably not. Um, We don't get to pick that, by the way. If anybody's like, well, we'll request him. Well, we don't really. Yeah, we don't have any control over <laughs> This year, they're just handing us folks. Um, I don't know. I t- I, we've talked about it a couple times already this week. We'll probably talk about it in the days ahead. And if it continues, we'll talk about it all year. But... Just the sheer numbers advantage, I don't understand how you can consistently get beat with three guys when you got five. And pretty much anything. Is there anything in life that you don't like your odds five on three? Uh, unless, you know, you're talking about five random guys playing LeBron, Anthony Davis, and <laughs> and Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, five on three, you feel pretty good most times. In a fight, I would feel good five on three, even if the other three were like UFC guys. You would just think, you know, five five guys, somebody could take one of them down. Me, you, Robbie, Horka, and Ben. Against? Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, and I don't know, Scott Roman Steiner. Reigns. Scott Steiner! 
Now that you invited the big bad booty daddy, uh, I don't think we can win. But I mean, you see what I'm getting at. If if it's five guys where you feel like everybody's on an equal playing field, then yeah, you should win. So that's very frustrating. Uh, the self inflicted thing, I think, is is a big result of that. But at the same time, can I? All right, let me ask you this: In Leach's offense, me being a sports reporter, maybe I should know the answer to this question. the The whole deal with the guys up front are the splits, right? Yeah. If that's the issue, why can they not just not have those splits? Why, why can you not we, just have... We are asked that question. Are like, we really? Yeah, we'll okay, I did not know that. We have a question like that. So, uh, Is Zach Arnett going to go down as the best defensive coordinator Mississippi State has ever had? Not if he's only here for a year. And you got you to put... Joe Lee Dunstrong, what, four seasons together where the state's defense was dominant. So, yeah. It's, he's got a ways to go. When the Bulldogs threw their sixth interception Saturday, did Michael Henning suffer a bout of PTSD? <laughs> I think he would have been, you know, not happy because I think he cheers for state, but uh, he'd have been like, "See, it can happen," you know. I'm not yeah. the only one. Poor guy. Yeah. I mean, I bet he will forever hear about. There that. is something too, by the way. Henning going to West Carroll, same sort of thing here. Costello to a, you know, obviously Costello had a much better resume than Michael Henning did, but it's possible that he just throws interceptions. Now he got hurt. Is the main deal. I, I honestly think Kroon might not ever have changed if uh, if Henning hadn't gotten hurt. But there's something. There's a little something to that. Uh, last one here from uh, from from Justin. What's worse, not feeling like you can score like State, or not feeling like you can keep the other team from scoring like Ole Miss? It's Prob- 100% probably nice. not being able to score because yeah. Ole Miss fans like they were tied in the fourth quarter. Yeah, All right? I mean. If you can score, you, you can, can stay, shoot somebody. You can stay in the game, and then maybe they make a mistake. Yeah. But if you can't score, I mean, what are you doing? No matter how good your defense is, they're probably not shutting anybody out. All you got to do is look at Most how State times. fans reacted to Saturday and how Ole Miss fans reacted. Ole Miss gave up 720 yards and 63 points, and you would think they won the game. State fans are just – I mean, they, they don't know what's going on right now. Their heads are spinning. Matt Harden, if you could go back in time and change your school allegiances, what college football team would you root for? I mean, I got to go way back, right? I can't just go back to me because I was a state fan because my dad was. I got to like root that out in the twenties to go back to my grandparents. So I don't know. I feel like it's just it's not it's not a choice. You know, you're sort of you're you're, you're kind of raised in it. You're raised into it, unless yeah. you're an Alabama fan. In which right. case, it's sort of like religion. You know, if you're raised Jewish, you're Jewish. If you're raised Catholic, you're Catholic. Well, if you're raised an Ole Miss fan, you're an Ole Miss fan nine times out of ten. You have some people who change. They convert. Happens in religion. It really is. Most most all sports fandom is inherited. I mean, even my my Braves fandom, you know, yeah. I, my, my dad, and, and they would not classify themselves as diehard. I mean, they couldn't tell you the roster and the 40 men, all that whole nine yards. Right. But like you I, can. I inherited it because, I mean... I, I can never remember them not having it on when yeah. I was smaller. My dad is a huge Braves fan. And I became I, just, I became a Giants fan because of Will Clark. Yeah, but my and my grandmother was one of the biggest Braves fans you'll ever meet. Loved the Braves. Watched them every night. So uh, life would be a lot more fun if you had stayed that way. We could sit here and cry on each other's shoulders. My team's won three World Series in the last ten years, so I, I'm going to disagree with you on that. But yeah, but we would have each other. I mean, I'm still your friend, Joel. You can still talk to me. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitbull. They always have 93, though, bro. That's the end of the show, and I do mean literally. Yeah. We were talking about that the other day on, on Sports Talk, and I, I, I forget. We, we, I thought about texting you. It was like, we're reliving great baseball memories, and most of them about the Braves. You should listen right now. But somebody brought up Fred McGriff. I was like, oh, God. Like, that guy. Comes over, stadium catches on fire, yeah. and the Braves do too. They should have let that stadium burn to the ground. <laughs> Brad Pitbull, thoughts on the jersey number zero in football? I'm not a fan. I am a fan. It's fun. Why not? I don't even really notice it. Like, it doesn't really... I don't pay a... I mean, I guess I do see it, but I don't think of zero as being that much different than eight. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, you know, it's not that big a deal. Like, what's what's not to be a fan of? I, I, I would prefer it be on a fat guy. I'd rather, you know, Jaden Crumby be rocking the zero. But it is what it is. Logan Ledbetter, you have to think putting the beard in at quarterback, if it can be accurate, would have DC's changing schemes all game. I personally think Leach is too stubborn. What would it take for him to change his mind? Another showing like we just had. I don't think you will see Garrett Schrader play quarterback again at Mississippi State University. No. I agree with that. Ever. Uh, unless you have 
a ridiculous run of injuries. If Costello, Rogers, and Maiden all got hurt, I think before turning it over to you know, I don't think Logan Burnett's there. I don't know who the four, the, the the walk-ons are. There's that bandy guy. The, yeah, before turning it over to Allen Walters, they would let Trader play. So yeah, the first three guys go down, then Trader might get a chance. Other than that, it's just not going to happen. Put it out of your mind. Dalton Lee wants to know. I know expectations were low coming in, but is this one of the most disappointing starts for MSU football in history because of the outcomes? You said it yesterday, or maybe it was Sunday, but state fans would be a lot happier right now if they were just 0-3. Yeah, it'd make more sense. Yeah. Because that's that's part of the issue here is the disconnect with you put up 600-whatever yards at LSU, beat the defending national champions. Right. You think, holy cow, this offense is going to put up yards and points every week, and then it just doesn't. Right. Which, as you have illustriously pointed out this week, in large part, because all they do is turn the football over. Yeah. You don't turn the football over, then... Look, it's it's not a juggernaut on offense the last two weeks, even if you don't turn the football over. They it's, haven't... But they're moving. It's enough to win. Yeah. It's enough to win. Trotter Flynn, has anyone checked in on the four-star receivers Leach has signed for the 21 class? Well, they're not signed. They're committed. Um... I mean, I haven't checked that on. Have you? I I have not actually. The last yeah. committed. I talked to Sawyer Robertson. What it was right? It was after the LSU game. Yeah. So he's the last. But I, and he was. Yeah. I, I mean, Sawyer guys, Robert Sawyer Robertson's going to be a bulldog, folks. You, those, you can count guys, on him. I don't. I can't. I don't know about the others. They they, they see MSU struggling on offense, but still throwing the ball seventy times. They know the opportunities are there. The opportunities they're not going to get anywhere else. Nobody else is throwing the ball like that. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry worried about that. And I mean. Look, a recruiting pitch to some of those guys too is, if you were here, we'd we'd be doing stuff, kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's 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 what a lot of these coaches use. Yeah. Like, we and need you to run it. Recruits aren't fans. Is something you have to. They aren't getting upset about these losses. They look at that and go, "I have a chance to play." I'm the difference maker. Yeah, I can go in there and they'll be. You know, Malik Neighbors and Teddy Knox are looking at that, going, "When we're there, those we're gonna make those catches." Yep. So. Uh, Bulldog graphics. I typically typically disagree with the whole "I'd rather lose my way than win someone else's" mindset that coaches have. But does this feel like an actual rare instance where the stubborn coach is right? Implementing the air raid was going to have growing pains. So basically, we can either experience them in a weird, semi-meaningless 2020, or we can delay them to 2021. Starting Schrader may move the ball more effectively, but does that really matter when you consider Leach's long-term strategy? Well, Leach's long-term strategy doesn't involve Schrader. But giving Will real, real Rogers essentially a seven-game preseason to learn this offense feels like the best plan for legitimate success. There's something to that. Yeah. But yet, but you at that point, you have to tell your team that. You have to basically explain that we're tanking or we don't care anymore. We're just going to play these young guys and see what happens. And then, you know, Costello will probably opt out at that point. Kylan Hill would probably I mean I, I wouldn't take Kylan Hill off the field because it keeps you know your best weapon out there but you're going to have some people who just like well I'm not interested in doing that that's going to happen you know I, I said yesterday as we discussed it that if I'm if I'm the coach KJ Costello gives me the best chance to win right. or at least I feel like he does right now so I, I would stick with with KJ Costello that said I don't feel like it's a massive drop off if you go to Will. Do you? No. So, no. I, you know, this, this isn't going to some developmental project where the talent level just tanks to the bottom. Like, Will still gives you m- most of the same opportunity, and maybe more than most. I, I don't know, because all we've seen out of him is a few reps at Kentucky. And as I point, tried to point out the other day, I don't think you can read a ton into that. Terrible situation and. Um. So anyway, I, I say all that to say, I don't know that it is such a bad thing to just go to Will because eventually, because I, I don't know that it does significantly decrease your chances to win, and it probably increases your chances to win next year. So yeah, there's there's something to that thought process. For anyway, sure. it, it, that this whole process is going to be very interesting to see where it goes, and I don't know. It may make the decision for itself if Will if KJ starts this Saturday and throws another couple picks in the first half. I mean, you got to just make the change, don't you? You have to, yes. You don't have any choice. Uh, Adam Cox, in le- light of Leach's comments about the Twilight Zone after the LSU game, what episode title of the Twilight Zone sums up this season thus far? Nightmare at 20,000 feet? You big Twilight Zone fan? I've watched a little. I'm not as big as like Robbie Falk. Robbie could sit in here and like, really? start talking episodes with you. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
Well, let's see here. We got a list of the episodes right here. I'm going to just look through them real quick. And uh, the ones I like, you, you tell me if you like them too. Um, where is everybody would be good because, you know, the, the, of the crowds. <laughs> the four of us are dying. <laughs> if it was the five of us are dying, you yeah. can yeah. make pe- better sense of that with the O line's troubles. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the man in the bottle. A lot of state fans are probably going to be in the bottle this weekend. That's probably a thing that's going to happen. Um, we didn't talk about this. Any, it doesn't really matter much. But uh, the other day, the Arkansas game. Did they? I'm assuming they sold alcohol. They sold beer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never saw it mentioned or tweeted yeah, about or anything. Guess, it, yeah, guess yeah. it went well. Uh, the trouble with Templeton. Very MSU esque, right there. Uh, let's see here. Long distance call. They need to make some of those over the next few weeks. Shadow play. I don't know if they have one of those. The obsolete man. That's Garrett Schrader right now. <laughs> um, let's see here. Any any more? Okay. Five characters in search of an exit. I mean, there's, that's probably a good one there. Um, not seeing. I, I'm, I'm going to try to find like two more that I like. Um, None of them yet have just been. Yeah, like, none that's of them are just it. like that's the one. Yeah. Um, there's nightmare at twenty thousand feet. Um, quit throwing interceptions. No, that's not actually one. Yeah, there's not one that I really like. To be honest with you, so we'll figure something else out. Uh, where are we here? Evan Oliver. Does State find a way to keep Zach Arnett? It seems like if we can keep him for a few years and let Zleach get the scheme in place, it will be very hard to deal with. It's going to be tough. you got to feel like he's going to be a, a guy who has a lot of – people are going to see what he's doing with his defense that's not as talented as other defenses. And places like LSU, Florida, and Alabama, who are all going to be looking to change defensive coordinators this year, I think they're going to look at him. But will his scheme kind of keep some folks away? Cause a lot, no. Not Alabama. Maybe that's where they, they run. They run a 3-4, but you can easily turn, a three, 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 turn into a 3-3-5. Three, three, I don't think it'll keep people away at all. And obviously, you say, is this scheme going to keep you away? Look what it's doing. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I'm with you. I was more so. I, w- I was, I was more asking than saying. Yeah. Steve Mormon, who did it better in only scoring two points in an SEC game, Leach or Kroom? The Kroom game was more exciting, which is an incredible thing to say. Yeah, it's three to two. I, th- I honestly thought State was going to win that game five to three a couple of times. They just kept missing field goals. Wasn't there a segment of the game where it could have been like five to four or something? Maybe they had so. The... Could have been. <laughs> so I don't know that uh, we'll get a baby baby I'm burning video out of uh out of this. So we're gonna go with Kroom. Incredible. Uh let's see here. Rob Hadaway, math quiz. If I'm a receiver and it's third down and my team needs X yards to get a first down, how many yards should I run before I stop and wait for the pass to come to me? I'm gonna go with X minus two. <laughs> No, that's how many they actually that's, run. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So how many should they run? X plus one. I would go X plus three, just My, to be yeah, safe. Yeah, just to be safe. In that case, you know, you get a little forward momentum there. Rob Hadaway again, which of any of the below games would you say was worse to watch than, the sun, than sun, Saturday's game? 2001 Troy State. I mean, that game was played in a tornado. Tornado, yeah. Uh, that was like the first, you think about the 0-1 season, right? They got blown out by Florida, sure. But Florida was good, right? They lost to South Carolina and Auburn. Now, those are conference losses, right? This was, That was the first loss where you were like, something's really off. We're, we're, this is bad, 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 bad. So I would rather watch Kentucky, the Kentucky game again than that. Yeah. 2002 Troy State. And you got to remember, too, this is a Kentucky team that was preseason ranked. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like it's just trash. 2002 Troy State. 11 to 8 was the final of that game. Made was not an enjoyable experience. Made famous by maybe the worst offensive play call in the history of the world, the decision to run Kevin Fant on a quarterback draw as time was expiring and he got hurt and missed the next game. You're up 3, the clock is running, all you got to do is take a knee and the game will be over. They ran the football on a quarterback draw. I will never get over it. I, I it's it, 18 years ago, I still remember it like it was yesterday. I can still see it happening. I would have loved to have done things that are true after that game. It would have been fun, yeah. Maine. Gosh, man. I'd rather watch the uh, the Troy State game. The State won that game. 
I'm okay with never seeing any highlights or anything of that main game. I don't think I ever have. I don't think I've ever seen one moment of that game since I left the stadium. Which is good. Let's keep it that way. I was sitting by myself when that thing was over because I, I I was there with some folks, you know, sitting in the student section, and mm-hmm. by, I mean everybody else kind of. I was like, no, I want to, I want to, I want to be here until this game's conclusion. Yeah, I, w- I want to see Maine celebrate. Yeah, like <laughs> all, all that, all that is just etched in my mind. I got you. Two thousand four UAB. Do you remember that game? Yes, I do. I was uh, may have been at that game. Two thousand four. I was UAB. not at that. Was game. that the overtime? No, no, no. UAB dominated that game. This game was here. Oh, that's right. That's that right. was the game where I was sick. I didn't go to that game. I remember I, I I had the flu or something. It was bad. But that was the game where they had all those flashcards and we were supposed to like yeah, hold them up. I remember. And it poured down rain and ruined them all. And then UAB came in here and just rolled all over Mississippi. Was 2007 the overtime game at Legion Field? 06. 06. 06. Yeah, I was yeah. at that game too. Yeah, that's the Chinaman's Chance game. <laughs> uh, I'd rather watch the uh, the UAB game. That game, they scored some points in that game. 06 Tulane, where State loses uh, here. Uh, oh, yeah. I would rather watch the Kentucky game, to be honest with you. Yeah. That game was miserable. Just watch it like, how, what are we doing? That was a Ty Evans sighting in that game. And then last but not least, 2008 Auburn, 3-2. I think we just determined we'd rather watch 3-2. to two. Yeah, I think so. That's crazy, but sure it is. All right. Uh, also, shout out to Rob Hadaway. Some people started answering his questions, and he was hitting them up with, it's not ass. <laughs> Tell you another you could put on there, a really boring game, that yeah. dang Liberty Bowl, 2007. Much Wretched. rather watch that, though. Yeah, I would rather watch it, but yeah. that was just such a boring game. Oh, it was it was rough. You, I didn't realize it at the time, because I was drunk. <laughs> it was freezing cold. Cold and drunk, You you can anything's exciting at that point. Uh, Colton Peterman, which go- coach has gone first, Coach Mullen or Coach Orgeron? Ooh. Orgeron has like some high... Chiswick potential right now, don't you he think? He really does. He really does. Wins a national title, and then it just sort of bottoms out on him. So were we right all along on Coach O? He's not a good coach. He just happened to have the right – the they, stars aligned. They won 10 games in 2018. Or was that Aranda sort of carrying him to that? I don't know. I mean, what, what we find out now is this. When he has two elite coordinators like he had with Aranda and Brady, unstoppable. But now he doesn't have those guys, and you're sort of seeing the cracks. So I don't know. I don't know which is the real coach. Mullen is okay. That was a bad loss, but they're still going to go like 8-2 and two this year, maybe 7-3. and three. They're not going anywhere. He, he'll he consistently win. They're just going to reach a point down there, I think, where they ask, Are we, do we want to win the SEC championship? Because I don't think he can do it. That's that's. But if they're content winning 10 games every year, he'll be fine. Yep. All right, uh, he's on a higher level at Florida, doing yeah. what he did here. That's exactly, he is basically not like he's not, raised the floor. Yes, like we're not going to go. He's not going to go six and six at Florida. He'll go nine and three at worst every year. But is he going to win championships? No, probably not. Carter Bentley, what is your dream football booth? For me, it's Gus Johnson, Pat McAfee, and Tony Romo. Oh, that's good. That's a good group. That's very good. You got a lot going on in there. A lot. Um. I'm trying to think, is there anybody who I just like? I like Tom Hart. I think he does a good job. Uh, who, who are we going to have on the sideline, too? We've got to have a sideline reporter. Do we want to go, you know, the eye candy route, or do we want to, like, Cole Kublik down there? Not that Cole Kublik's not a handsome man. Cole Kublik eating just, that bacon? Yeah. I was just like, wow, that looks good. I think I'd go Cole. Okay. I like so Cole. So we'll get some, some real analysis. He and yeah. Tony Romo would be a good they, – they would play off each other well. Gus Johnson and Pat McAfee. It's like, you know, a birthday cake and ice cream. I mean, you're just getting the sugar rush out of that. You know somebody that's a really good sideline reporter? The mm-hmm. guy you mentioned that he no longer does it. Tom Hart. Because he did it for the Braves for yeah, about yeah. three or four years. And I hated when he left that broadcast. Because yeah. I, I just, I don't know, I enjoyed his... Not really a sideline in baseball. I guess not, Dugout yeah. reporter. Whatever you want to call it. He'd go around stadiums. I remember one game in particular at Colorado... Like, it snowed and everything. He went up in the top with those guys. <laughs> just, like, kept spanning. I don't know. He, he's just really good at what he does. We're about to have one of the grossest questions we've ever had. Are you ready? Let's go. From Carter Bentley. How come ketchup is the only acceptable dippable comment, condiment for a sandwich? Why can't I dip my burger in mustard and mayo? First off, who dips burgers into anything? Who Have you ever seen anybody dip a sandwich into ketchup? I don't want to say no because my brother throughout my life has been such a ketchup guy. He probably did at some point. 
I'm um, just picturing like somebody just like dipping their burger into like a little splattering of ketchup. I've never seen such. I'm trying to think. When I was a kid, I may have because I always used to get that two cheeseburger thing at McDonald's yeah. as a kid, and I may have had ketchup on the plate. And like when I was down to just like a little bun, maybe I. Well, put yeah, a that's one thing. On but it. like I, I, this concept is weird. And then dipping it in mayonnaise. I'm not. I'm not did dipping watch, anything. Uh, in did the you mayonnaise. watch the Andy Staples mayonnaise video? Mm-mm. We're gonna watch that after this. This thing. It'll be great. Uh, yeah. But that said, there are plenty of stuff you can dip in. Au jus. Yeah. Gravy. People dip sandwiches in that all the time. Never mustard. Just put the mustard on the sandwich. Mm-hmm. Put the mayonnaise on the sandwich. Why would you dip it? I've uh, like pepper sandwiches. Sometimes I get a side of honey mustard. And dip dip a sandwich in it. Dip like a turkey in. Yeah. Okay. That's I've never heard of such. But okay, sure. Uh, Brad Haynes, what we got here? With the old saying, everything starts up front, is that not a cause-effect issue with the offensive line? Meaning maybe some of KJ's mistakes? Oh, okay, so it's going back to, yeah. Yes, they are connected, for sure. Um, it's it, all connected. And, and yeah. Leach talking about it in his presser on Monday brought up the, the fact that things I hadn't even thought of about how just some of the receivers not doing their job is making life tougher on other receivers. Right. And, and, and decreasing the amount of space they have to work with kind of deal. 2018, we were three and zero. Then we lost uh, to UK, then Florida. I'm sorry, yeah, Kentucky, then Florida, and the Osiris drops a touchdown. At three and two, with a dominant defense and the offensive woes, the Jomo isn't a head coach talks started. After an eight and five finish, he was viewed as a poor coach. This year, defense has been as dominating. We'll each get a pass from the majority if we finish three and seven or four and six because he's been a head coach for 18 years. I fail to see the difference, but that's the difference. Is A, he's a proven winner. And B, here's the other thing that, tell me if I'm wrong. When Moorhead came in, there was all like, wow, his offense and Mullen's offense are close enough. Fitzgerald should really do well in that. It wasn't, there wasn't the idea that they were doing a complete overhaul of things. That only came out later in the process. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, And here's another thing. I'll add a third point. What does Leach say about this offense? It's based upon repetition. Repetition, 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 repetition. They didn't get a spring of repetition. Yeah. That, so you basically have however many reps that would have been during March and April. Mm-hmm. Take that away from what they got to prepare. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, I. it sounds a little bit like excuse making, but I, I do think that, that plays into this this year. I agree. I agree. Uh, Sean wants to know what it would take for John Cohen to put Leach on the hot seat. There, there's no nothing this year, nothing this year. Maybe not the next year. You know, if you're going to buy into the idea that it's a process and it's going to take a couple years to get this the things installed, that's a tough pill to swallow when you've been to ten straight bowl, bowl games. But if you've made this higher, you sort of have to commit to that, don't you? Yeah. Because God, if you if you were to say after year two it's not working, we have to let him go. What is your roster at that point? You got like a mismatch of guys recruited to play for Moorhead and guys recruited to play for Leach, and then a bunch of guys that you know the new coach comes in and goes, "What am I got? What do I?" I have? don't think, barring scandal, he's not. It's he's not. here for three years at least. Yeah, at least very much at the very least. Yes, yeah. I agree with that. I mean, again, with Moorhead, wins and losses wasn't what ran him off the field, got him out of here. It wasn't wins and losses. You know, if everything else is the same, he's still the head coach, but he had some off the field stuff. Brad also, Brad Haynes, congrats to me for the Lakers winning a title. Appreciate that. This one's for you. Would you be willing to get a full back tattoo no. if it meant the Braves won at all? Are you a team player? Get the a big A on your back. Okay, we're talking the, the entire, like, full back? That's, yeah, that's, like the, the, that's the rule here? The A is, is on, right under where oh your gosh. collar would be, and it goes all the way down <laughs> to, your, to your hips. The fact that I'm even considering it tells you how big of a Braves fan I am. Yeah. Because I... I'm not. I'm not opposed to you folks getting tattoos, but I'm not a tattoo guy. That's just not my thing. So, yeah. like, if if it was like get a small one on my back shoulder, yeah. sure, sure. The full back. Full back. Oh, I'd have to consider it though. What if it's a, a full <laughs> a full portrait of Lonnie Smith? <laughs> oh my goodness. No. No. I tell you what though, I, I consider it because. I, Y'all don't even know how bad I want a world title because it, it's so weird to sit here and think. Uh, 
I've had thoughts before, like, am I going to die again? Am I going to die again? I guess you only die yeah. once. Am I going to die before I see the Braves win a World Series again? Like, that, that has crossed my mind multiple times the last couple decades, and here we are seven wins away from it. So, yeah. yes, I desperately want it. Do I want it bad enough to do a full back tat? Yeah. I want it bad enough, I'll think about it. All right. The NC Bulldog wants to know, who does Leach have walked the plank, and why does it actually help? I think this has been the most overblown thing ever. The idea that all of a sudden, you know, 10, 15 guys are just going to get kicked off the team or something. I don't even think anybody's going to get kicked off the team midseason. Mm-mm. They might leave at the end of the year, but right now, I don't see that happening. No, I don't either. I don't so. either. And, and I, it's not a big deal to me that he's kind of made the whole get your butt in line or get off the boat. Yeah. I mean, what coach doesn't – I'll tell you who doesn't do it. Coaches with no discipline. That's, that's true. The other thing to remember is this. Every team that's losing – has stuff like this pop up on message boards of oh I heard there's a lot of unrest in the team. It doesn't matter what team it is. If they are losing, that this is stuff. The stuff's popping up. Yes, it's just it's just a symptom of this stuff. So I, you know, could some players get suspended? I don't know. Sure, possibly. Seems unlikely, but sure. But the idea that there's going to be a true purge and you're going to just kick 15 guys off the roster? No, that's not going to happen. You can't bring them back. You going to play next year with 70 guys? No. Uh, Ryan Nelson, is this the quickest a fan base has turned on a coach after a huge program win? It's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, like when did, when did fans never really turned on Mullen? I think that they, a little bit in 2011, because they, they, were, they were ranked to start the year and it just didn't work out. 16 when he lost to South Alabama, but like. Mullen had more people turn on him for the job flirting stuff. Yeah. When it wasn't the on-the-field stuff. I'm trying to think, you know, Kroom, there wasn't anything like that. And then just around the conference, I'm just trying to think of, like, somebody who won a big game, and then a few weeks later they were like, nah, he's got to go. Nothing, nothing is coming to mind off the top of my head, so I don't know. Has the has the fan base turned on Leach, though? I kind of feel like oh, the uh, general consensus is you still got to give him some time. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of people who are upset. And I'm telling you, that the, you've said it, the LSU game, Raise everybody's expectations to an unreasonable uh, level. All right. uh, Miller Time says, In 2011, Washington State averaged 30 points and 424 yards per game. That's pre-Leach. Yes. Leach's first season in 12, they averaged just 20 points and 360 yards per game. Passing the game got significantly worse with fewer TDs, more interceptions, a worse completion percentage, and a worse yards per, per attempt. They also lost one more game than the prior season. I know Leach inherited significantly more talent at MSU, but considering how big a transition we're making and COVID screwing up the offseason, perhaps should we have seen this coming? Yes. Yeah. I, I think... It was probably foolish, and I'm putting myself in that boat. Yeah, to think this was just gonna click immediately. Yeah, and, and again, LSU, LSU has caused us to make it make us think. Well, it did click immediately the, when it hadn't. One thing to remember about that first Washington State team is that they were already a passing team. They averaged 322 yards a game in the air that season. The next year, they averaged 330. So, I mean, it, it was not the the most radical change that you've seen. Uh, not like Mississippi State and what they were doing. So yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely some uh, some what's what I'm looking for. We might we might have bitten off a little more than we could chew with some of the projections and but the LSU game hurt that. I mean, I said four and six, but I also thought the defense wasn't going to be good. If you had told me prior to the season, hey, the defense is going to be really good, I might have really thought they were going to be a seven eight win team, but they're not. And, and, and part of this, too, what was one of the groups that we were most confident in coming into the, the offensive line? The offensive line. And good. they have not been good. They have not been good. The ghost of Alan McKean wants to know, was firing Alan McKean the worst mistake in Mississippi State's football history? Probably. It's right up there. It is right up there. I always I always go back to this, and I, I we've, if you're a long-time listener to, this, to me doing podcasts, I've talked about it a, a million times, but Alan McKean never finished below 500. Uh, his last year, they finished, I think, four, four, and two. Let me find it here. Yeah, he was four, four, and one in nineteen forty-eight. Um, the next year, they they fired him. So the forty-nine season, they went zero eight and one, and you just think it's bad now. They scored thirty-eight points in nine games. 
They were shut out one, two, three times, and they never scored more than seven points in a game. Who did they tie? They tied, of all teams, Clemson. Seven to seven. I hear that was before they yeah. built themselves into a... Yeah, you know, they were probably still good back then. They <laughs> lost to what the equivalent of an FCS team, which was Cincinnati at the time, uh, and they got shut out by them. They lost 19 to nothing. Um, they were also shut out by Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl, uh, 26 nothing. So, yeah. That, yeah. It, and, and from that day, from what, from 48... When, when did the when did the streak start against Ole Miss? Uh, okay, so they beat Ole Miss in forty six. They lose to Ole Miss in forty seven, and then they didn't beat them again until sixty four. Is that right? Sixty four is that or is that when they tied? They had a couple ties in there. Yeah, they beat they they won in Oxford in sixty four. So yeah, hey, that was a, a eighteen year span, seventeen year span where you didn't beat them once. <laughs> yes, Ghost of Alan McKean, you may rest easy th- thinking that we agree with you. Uh, let's see here. Former Kumite champion Frank Dukes wants to know. Uh, we already sort of answered that one about Zach Arnett. Uh, it's been almost one year since Dynamite debuted. If you were the booker, what would be some things you would change seeing everything you've seen so far? Dynamite's pretty well booked. And one thing I like, and I was listening to a podcast about this the other day, there are never DQs or countouts. Somebody always wins. If, they, if there's been a disqualification, I don't remember it, or at least it's made, it's been good it enough. It happens that, so rarely that yeah. you don't... And it, and it happens as it probably it needs to happen. It's not... They don't do what WWE does, which is, we don't want either of these guys to lose, so we're just going to have a double DQ or whatever. And it's just silly. Yep. So that said, um, obviously, I feel like John Moxley would not still be champion if they had had crowds. Because, first off, Jericho never got a rematch with him. So that, I don't, you know, and I feel like I, the only thing I think they botched was Lance Archer. I thought he should have beaten Cody and sort of become like this unbeatable guy. Yes, yeah, this monster. Yeah, yeah. but losing to that, I mean, they never haven't really gotten him back. He's supposed to wrestle Moxley, I think, next week, right? Yeah, but they haven't really built. He hasn't wrestled much. You haven't seen him on TV, so well, now, I'm sure some of that is COVID related. I, I I think he tweeted he had COVID. I don't know if he had, I think he either tweeted he had COVID or he, he can't come into contact, contact with someone that had, and COVID he had to be away. But then you gotta, you gotta adjust that, you know, like we're gonna push that back. They, they have done some things where like they brought guys in and just immediately like Brian cage, like he's his first thing. He wins that battle Royal and he's got a title shot. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't know. And then like with MJF, like, I don't know. I don't, there's, there's some things like there's some loose ends there, but by and large, it's pretty solid. So I don't have a huge... You got anything that stands out to you? No, I just... I kind of feel like... Like with Moxley right now, I don't feel like he has a legit challenger, really. Yeah, that's the problem. At all. like. But I think that's part of that And so maybe that, maybe that means... I'm not a big fan of this, but... Since he doesn't have a legit challenger, maybe like next week you put the belt on Archer so that people... Well, so he can chase. You wrestling know? is always better with the face chasing the heel. Yeah. That's that's one thing that that's proven about anyway. wrestling. But the other thing is, like I said, you know, you build up challengers through, through 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 crowd reactions, and you don't have those right now. Yeah, you know. So I mean, think about some of the promos that MJF was cutting a few weeks ago. What kind of heat is that? That that that's what I want to. There's my complaint. Mm-hmm. They had built MJF up into the greatest heel in, in wrestling. Yeah. When he beat Cody. Yeah. And then they did nothing with it. Yeah, I mean, they just sort of let it, you know, linger and linger and linger. And they did zero. Him yeah. beating Cody, it was kind of like, from there, it's been downhill for MJF. Right. Right. I agree. Uh, Alan Kimbrough wants to know, if you swapped Arnett and Shoop with the 2020 and 2018 defenses, how do you think they would compare at this point? It surprised me Shoop did not get a D.C. job when he left State. Um, I mean, that 2018 defense with Arnett would have been – Incredible to watch, but I think Shoop would be doing well with this group. Again, last year Shoop was just handicapped by injuries and suspensions. You know, when you look at how some games where he didn't have, you know, he obviously didn't have Willie Gay and Lee Autry and Marcus Murphy for eight games. The games he had them though, the games he had them, they were pretty good. Yep. You know, Cam Dantzler missed games. Brian Cole missed games. I mean, it's just you know, it's just tough. So I, I don't blame Shoop a lot. So I think they'd be pretty comparable. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think Shoop's really good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. We got a lot of drop three, drop eight 
rush three questions, let's be honest with you. So we'll answer one now. Um, Robert Templeton, the trend we're seeing is the rush three drop eight. Also, But are we also seeing the Moorhead philosophy of lose my way instead of winning a different way? A little bit. There's no question about that. But that's how coaches are. And, and Mike Leach is one of those guys, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. He's done this for, what, 18 years as a head coach before this one? Mm-hmm. and he's done it the same way pretty much all 18 of those years, and he's going to do it the same way this year, and he's going to do it the same way most likely for as long as he's in Starkville. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kivas Wright, with Leach's comments, do you think we'll see guys hitting the transfer portal during the season or after the season? After. I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen, and this is definitely not me reporting it's going to happen, but it wouldn't totally shock you if somebody just decided to get if out. If there was an opt-out or two. Well, let's put it like something. this, and we'll get talked about my favorite guy. If Kareem Walker decided to walk away, I mean, is anybody going to say anything? He's not playing. He's not ever going to play. He needs to try to find a place where he can play. So, you know, if he said, Nick, after this week, I'm going to go ahead and go, nobody's going to say anything to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... But, but no, I mean, you hit on this earlier. You're not going to see a mass exodus right, right, right. here in the middle of the season. Right. There's another drop three uh, rush or drop eight rush three question. Harlow Gold wants to know over under on 15 running back carries this weekend. So 15 rushes. Does not just Kylan Hill, but rushes. I'd say. I'd say over. That's a, 15's a good number. Yeah. Uh, over. We'll go over. They might try to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, Brian McDuff has a very good question here. My good friend, by the way. Uh, will we host? Yes. Yes. I can't wait for baseball. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's going to be high level. We're going to be seeing like almost like triple A baseball this year in the SEC. There's going to be so much talent. It's yeah. going to be crazy. Man, I hope by then we can just open up the gates and let people. Surely come by in. then we can do that. I- I'll tell you what. That was another thing that made the game one of the NLCS. And as you listen to this game, game two will yeah. be over, so we'll we'll know where the Braves and Dodgers sit. But right now, all we know is game one, and that was another thing that made that game so darn fun. Mm-hmm. Was you heard fans in the background. When the Braves were putting that rally together in the ninth, you heard some chanting, and it like it just felt, it felt real again <laughs> a little bit. Like it's, I don't know. It was good to have some, a stadium that actually had a pulse in it. I agree. Yeah, I didn't know that was happening either. And then I saw the uh, Freeman home run, and I saw that was oh, there's people in the stands. Yeah. All right, cool. I think they had about eleven hundred, or excuse me, eleven thousand. Cool. Uh, Alexandra Watson, this question is right up your alley. You ready? Let's go. Should morticians and funeral homes pray that God bless their business? That's a very interesting... That's a double-edged sword for you there, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, Well, here's the thing. Yeah. That may be one of the most stable businesses that there's ever been. There There are only two businesses that are stable no matter what. Hospitals... And the funeral business. People will get people sick. People will get sick, and, and people will die. die. All right, that's it. <laughs> Maybe the grocery business a little bit, but I mean, I've, it took a hit, I'm sure. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I so, don't. You, pray, you, you don't pray for anyone to die. I that's, guess what you're praying is like when they die, they come to us. <laughs> like I don't want them going to Smith's funeral home down the street. You know, it is during. The is course, there a funeral home in Ackerman? Is there a funeral home in Ackerman? And is there another one? Another one? Yeah. Uh. There used to be... Is there a rivalry? Well, no. There used to be another one. I'm not sure if it's still there or not. Um, But it it was... I mean, just to be frank, I mean, most of the black people in town went to that funeral home, and most of the white people went to to ours. Every every city in the South has got something like that. um, I'm not sure if that one's still there or not, to be honest with you. Right. Um, but no, funeral stuff it's has... It's a coal monopoly. It definitely changed with the COVID stuff because, I mean, you couldn't really do visitations and everybody yeah, yeah, indoors yeah. for three or four hours. Yeah, basically, and, like, just put them in the so coffin. So a lot, a lot of we'll stuff just moved down, to yeah. uh, just a short little graveside deal, and that's all you... I don't care what kind of COVID restrictions we're having. You're speak, You're doing my eulogy. I just, just remember that. I thought... Who was it that you... The other day, you said I had competition. It was... Who was it? Yeah. Maybe been former MSU quarterback Matt Wyatt. You told Matt me Wyatt, that. yeah, yeah, he, he's he's on the list. I'll have him. You speak. told me that. I'll have him. We speak. can just do two two guys. And I've got uh, two ladies, uh, Alexandria Payton, who works for Telesouth, and Alex McDaniel, who everybody knows from uh, SB Nation. Uh, Alex Payton plays the harp, and Alex McDaniel plays the flute, and they're going to put together a little musical number for me. Okay. 
So I got a lot. I got a lot of this planned out. Robbie could play the guitar and sing. We'll put him on the list. What's he singing? I'm gonna have him sing something like I'm gonna have them try. Mama, I'm coming. No, I was thinking we're gonna go somewhere like just like I don't know somewhere out out, out of bounds. Like why are they playing this at a funeral? But it's, it was yeah. his last request. You know, I thought about the other day. Uh, I, I was hired by Creed. <laughs> um, my music thing on my phone was scrolling through in the truck and it came to mama i'm coming home and i had a flashback to riding down 82 we were almost home from home we were almost home yeah it was great uh carter lawyer wants to know that's a uh, carter i hope you are a lawyer that's a rough last name if you're not a lawyer uh who's more frustrating to watch saints or msu given preseason expectations i think it's the saints the saints are very frustrating to watch because it's like I don't have – I'm losing faith in Breeze, and that hurts. Like, you know, that guy's been the best. And I don't care what anybody says. He has been. He was the best for the last five or six years. And it's just – he's – father time is starting to catch up a little bit. But that said, they won last night. So I got that win. That was that, that was not a, a pleasant game to watch. That was 20-3 to three at one point. I was like, this is awful. I don't think I've watched one snap of a Saints game this year. Well, you're not a Saints fan. That's I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I can't answer this question. Yeah. But usually well, I... I think that question was more for me. Yeah. Usually I kind of am aware of what's going on with the Saints, but yeah. not really so much this year. Well, it'll be all right. Uh, Kurt, most surprising defensive player after three games. Sean Preston. He's, I mean, he's been good every game. Jaden Crumity is probably my answer, though. He's been really good. Yeah. I don't know if it should be a surprise, though, seeing as how he kind of won this. Jordan Davis or Tyrus Wheat. Both of those guys have been really good. They've been good. Yeah. That's the thing. There's a lot of choices. That's why you I mean, there's not – is there a guy at all that you could point at and be like, eh, he, he really hadn't got the job done? Like, I don't know that no, there is one of those no. guys. I don't know if there's a single no. one. No, not one. Uh, most disappointing offensive player, not counting KJ. <sighs> The whole offensive line. I mean, I'm not going to pick one of them. They've just been disappointing. That Malik Heath hadn't done what I thought he'd do through three games. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, current thinking of the best wide receiver going forward. I still think it's going to be Osiris Mitchell. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Who's the leading receiver right now? Is it Osiris? <laughs> you know, I don't know the answer to that. That's funny when we think about all we've talked about with uh, – with football and everything this year, and we haven't really, I, I haven't really looked at those stats. Let's see if we can't find it. Um, if you had to guess right off the top here, because it's taking a minute to load, uh, who do you think it is? I'm trying to think. Well, it's, it's who you I, think it is. It's Kylan Hill. Is it? Yeah. Kylan has 23 catches. Of the receivers, Osiris is... The he first. has the most yardage? Does Kylan have the most yardage? He has the second most yardage by 10 yards. To Osiris? Osiris has 247. Kylan has 237. Okay. Uh, That's something, seeing as how Kylan essentially missed an entire game. Osiris Mitchell is tied for second with another player for most catches. Who do you guess that player is? For most catches? Yeah. Is it Johnson or Marks? It's, it's Jaquavius Marks. They both yeah. have 14 catches. 14 catches for 61 yards, though. Not great. Not great. Costello's numbers are crazy, by the way. He's already thrown for almost 1,200 yards. He's completing 66% of his passes. It's just those nine picks. It's just those nine picks. And it's three of the nine were touchdowns, touchdowns to the yeah. other team. Yeah. And really four of the nine. He's averaging 389 a game, so he is still on pace to break Dak Prescott's single-season record. We'll see if he gets there. Uh, where are we here? Almost there. Almost there. All right, here we go. Caleb Glover. More fun to watch Aussie rules football or rugby's or rugby. You watch either one? No. I have watched both. Uh, I prefer rugby. Rugby is a is a little more fun for me. The states still have like a club rugby. Team? I think so. I think so. I don't know though. I had a buddy that was that played some club rugby. Uh, Caleb also wants to know what is my adult beverage of choice. Well, I mean, I'm I'm a beer drinker by trade. But uh, if I, we're going to go cocktails, I am a vodka tonic man. Shout out to my friend Roger Shepard. Hooked me up with a couple of fifths this weekend. Hooked me up with a six-pack. Six-pack of Diet Dew. <laughs> he knew you, man. He knew his audience. Man, I, I tweeted at him and told him. I mean, my heart was full, and it, yeah. it really was. It was good stuff. I love a free do. If you could cover an MSU club sport, which one would you want to club? Cover, I'm sorry. 
And well, why? It's, it's really easy for me, probably. What's that? Assuming they're still going. There's what? a club baseball team. Oh, is there? Mm-hmm. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Because like it's the one I know the most about. I like to cover the men's soccer the most. team. I, don't know, I feel like I know enough about that sport. So, uh, How do you feel about multi-contraction words like y'all have? Y'all have done the same thing. I'd never write it, but I've probably said many I'd of have, them. I'd have is another one. I'd have done the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean. They, they, they work. They're very Southern, but. Um, you know me. I, I do it often on this podcast. Yeah. I have my George W. Bush moments where I just make up words. So Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Do you think, this is from Rambo Raz, do you think that KJ will consider coming back for another year to prove to the NFL scouts that he can be a consistent QB? No. I don't think. He's got to be like 23, 24 years old right now. He's got a Stanford degree. He'll just take what he can get in the NFL and figure it out from there. That and, and I mean, he's already, let's say he comes back. I mean, he's already, his starter job is already in question. And is he going to come back and then compete with not just Will, but Will and Sawyer? Yeah, no, I don't think so. K, KJ Costello, was a, he came to Mississippi State thinking this was his last year. He's going to stick to that, yeah. I think. Jason Neal Galt, what are the amount of picks State can throw and still win Saturday? It's not more than two. If they throw it 60 times, you can get away with two picks, as long as one of them is not a pick six. Yeah. But more than two, it's a problem. Yeah, because I don't think he's done for 623 again, so no, I'll no. agree with you. Uh, could we see Dak play for the Saints next season? Oh, I asked. I asked you yeah. that yesterday. Uh, possibly. I, I just feel like Jerry Jones and company love him too much. Uh, now, should they have? You well, would think that if they did, they would have they, met in the middle with the contract before this year. But they've got another year with that that franchise tag too. I think so. Uh, maybe not next year, but we'll see. Is Orange Cassidy going to beat Cody tonight? I don't think so. They just put the belt back on to Cody. They'll build him back up. Orange Cassidy can take a loss and keep keep going too. So, uh, Ian Ladner, KJ continues to force passes in double and triple coverage. Is this hangover from the LSU praise? I don't, I don't think it's the praise, Joel. I think we talked about this yesterday. That it's he thinks I might have to do that. Like he's not he doesn't trust him he doesn't trust the team to win if he's not throwing for six hundred yards. So he's forcing things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, he, he he sees that he passed for 623 yards in week one. He thinks he can just do it every week. Is that what you're saying kind yeah. of deal? I mean, I think there's probably something to that. Yeah. I mean, I, it probably played with his brain, too, you know, for all the fan yeah. stuff that it played with our I mean, brains. You're talking to Reggie Bo- fan Bush and all those guys on ESPN and all that. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you go from you thinking, bit. holy cow, we're pretty darn good, to all of a sudden you can't get anything going. Right, right. I will say this. It does appear, <laughs> maybe to State's detriment, that KJ Costello, I don't know. Maybe it just appears that way because the offense that he's in. I was going to say it does appear that he's got a short memory because he just you know keeps trying to do it, force things in there. But maybe that's just because he runs in an air raid where he's going to have to try to uh-huh. throw the ball. I don't know. All right, I'm going to combine these two questions here for me. And well, it's our show. We can do what we want to do. So the broadcast mentioned modified air raid offenses decrease the three foot splits for the O line. With that shortened camp, should Leak make that change? And he says, as fans, we always talk about SEC talent across the board. It's better than the Big 12 or the Pac-12. Is that a factor in the rush three dropped eight grinding the air raid? I think it's a combination, right? Those three-foot splits, if you have athletic defensive linemen, they're going to wreak havoc on you. Yeah, you mentioned this yet. Well, no, that was actually on the big show. I was listening to you as I came over. Somebody's talking about, yeah, about how <laughs> possibly Leach might go to the NFL, and I was like, man, those three-foot splits, a guy like Aaron Donald will murder a quarterback yeah. live on television. But that said, SEC defenses are more NFL-like than Pac-12 defenses, right? Yes. And so those splits would then, therefore, I guess be harder to execute yes. in the SEC. yes. Because you've got linemen who are so much more athletic that you give them that wide of a gap, they can get through it before you can get to them. That said, I don't think that was the case Saturday night. There were some times where they just yeah. they just weren't blocking. So I go back to my question earlier in the rumblings that this kind of hits. Why could you not run the air raid with just smaller splits? I don't know the answer to that question. And I feel like it's a question if we asked Mike Leach that, we would get we would be made to feel like idiots. Yeah. Or we just the answer would not be good. That's a question that I wish I wish we weren't in the COVID era because I would ask it. Yeah, I, I would wait till the press conference was over, where I didn't look like an idiot. Right. And I, hey, Mike, I'm a dummy. Yeah. I admit that. Yeah. Why could you not run the air raid? You know, without yeah. the big splits. Right. All right. 
Because he missed it last week, we are back with Andy Atkinson on this wrestling card question. Okay. Is it the same card? It's the same card. So what we determined was that the card on the left graphic here. Savage Piper is the best Piper match. Savage Piper is the best match. But for the best overall card, Hogan Orndorff. It's the Hogan Orndorff card. So we would want to go to that because you're talking about you got the British Bulldogs versus Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. You got the Heenan family against the Machines. You know you're getting Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Tito Santana, Handsome Harley Race, Jumping Jim Brunzel. It's just a better card overall. So didn't Dan tell us he was a big uh, Mister Wonderful fan? Mullen. Dan, Dan Mullen. Yeah, I don't remember back that. in the day. Did he tell us that? I don't remember that. I want to say he did. Yeah. Because we had a wrestling talk one day. I got you. Andy Atkinson, I've heard, I recall hearing multiple times that Mullen raised the floor for MSU. How would you describe each coach's structure from their time at MSU from Jackie to Leach? So you, I'll tell you what. Let me. Okay. You, 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 you work with me here. All right. All right. Jackie actually built the house, but then he, he knocked it down from 2001 to 2003. Yeah, he did not maintain said house. Right. Croom. Brought the trucks out to put in the foundation, but never got around to it. <laughs> Basically, he just owned a lot for five years. Yeah, and there was one day where he uh, brought in a really impressive-looking foundation company, and you thought, well, what? It's about to happen. It's going to happen, and then it just left. And then it didn't happen. They, they went yeah. to Ruston. Uh, <laughs> Mullen built a house. Secure. Yeah. He When he left, the house was built and ready for the next guy to take over. And live comfortably. Yeah. Moorhead let the house fall into disrepair. Disrepair may be harsh. I don't know that it fell into complete disrepair. It's not dilapidated. Uh, but it definitely needs more than just a paint job. The property value depreciated. Yes. There we go. It needs. It, it, it's a fixer-upper. Yes. So Okay, that's where we are. So the house is still built. The foundation is still there. You, you, but you 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 need an overhaul there. You need to uh, you need to remodel. Yes, and that's what Mike Leach is doing, both literally and figuratively. Uh, Big right. picture question: Can I ask it? This is actually probably a better sure, for a show. Sure, sure. In your gut, do you feel like he does it? Yes, I do too. I feel like I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna the guy has won everywhere he's been. He's he's won at tougher places than Mississippi State. I feel like it'll be okay. Uh, Judd Junkins, if you drive through a state on a road trip, but don't stop or get out of the vehicle, can you say you've been to that state? Yes. I say no. I've been through that state, but I haven't been to that state. You got to get out. You got to put feet on the ground. Okay. So if we were like coloring, color the states you've been to, you can't color the ones that you drove through? It'd be sort of funny. It'd be like, wait a minute, you live in Mississippi and you, you, I know you drove to Arizona one time, but how did you not go to Texas? Of course, if you could go through Texas without getting out of the car, you've done something, yeah. I guess. But you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm it, just saying, I don't feel like you could say, yeah, I, I, like, I, I took a flight to Las Vegas one time, but we flew to L.A. and then looped back to Vegas. We yeah. didn't stop in L.A. I, don't, I don't, would not tell people I've been to Los Angeles. I never got off the plane. Yeah. I guess, well, your feet were on the ground, though, right? My feet were in the plane. I was never out of the plane. Oh, you were never out of yeah, the plane. Yeah, we're like, we, we pulled up, some people got off, some people got on, we, we flew to Vegas. Including, I can't remember his name, is it Jason Hervey, the guy who's friends with Bischoff? From, from yeah, the yeah. He I got on the plane, he was on the plane with me. I wouldn't know that guy if I saw him, so. Well, I, I'm old enough to remember the Wonder Years. Yeah. So. Um, I kind of feel different about it if you if you're driving somewhere and if you're flying somewhere. Okay, I, I, I guess you, because that makes if you're sense. driving through it and you spend four hours in a state, I kind of feel like you've yeah. seen some stuff. How do you a not, little bit? I'm trying to figure out a situation where like you would you would cross state lines into the state and out of the state and never get out of the car. Well, I do it too. I mean, granted, it's a state that I've been to many, 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 many times. Mm-hmm. But I've been to Atlanta before without getting out of the car. So you drive across the entire state, of Alabama. You don't stop anywhere to pee or get a drink or anything. I mean, I. M- 75, 80% of the time, yes, but I have before. That's a five-hour drive without getting out? That's four and a half. I have I have left my house. This has happened twice. Mm-hmm. Um, left my house in Starkville, driven to what was then. It was easier to do this without stopping. That's happened. Okay. Had to pee really bad when I got there. And then Judd has our final question of the day. Is there a difference between an Ole Miss name and a Georgia name? 
That's a good question. I mean, Stetson Bennett, the fourth. That worked both places. Yeah, it works both places. Um, I think the more outrageous ones are Ole Miss names. You know, I don't see Tondarius Stallion at, or Dunn Fruge as Georgia names. That, yeah, that's I'm, where I'm, I'm with you. That, so. All right, our question of the day goes to Carter Bentley for the dippable sandwich question. thought that was, gave us the, the most discussion. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out people. I, I've never seen anybody dip a sandwich in anything other than gravy or au jus, but whatever. We will move forward. All right, tomorrow's show, uh, we'll be previewing Mississippi State versus Texas A&M. We're looking at the A&M side of things. Jeff Tarpley from Gigum 24-7 is going to join us to talk, and uh, we'll look at the Aggies and get a little more in-depth with them. Guys, have a great uh, Wednesday. We'll be back with you on Thursday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.